And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Ryan Pace has done such an amazing job of building the last three years. We have a lot of depth. We feel like we're going to have a great opportunity offensively to, to do what we need to do. And the time is now. We know that. It's Hogan Johns. Come Sunday or Monday, Thursday, wherever time it is, we be prepared. Like my success doesn't really matter as much as the team's success. You can feel the energy, the juice, the swag coming back. It's a fun time to be a Chicago Bear. From NBC, NBC Sports Chicago, it's Adam Adam Hogan. You are the father, Daddy. And from the, from the Athletic, it's Adam Adam Johns. It truly is beauty and the beast. I might add a handsome beast at that. It's the Adams. The Adams converge. Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in Hogue and Johns with you now that training camp. In my mind, Johnsy has officially begun because we saw a real practice today and there were real fans in attendance for the first time in two years. That was refreshing, even though we were in a new venue and it wasn't Bourbon A. Yeah, it felt real. Fans were there. The 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 look of it like when you're driving into Hallis Hall it kind of gives you that Bourbon A vibe it's it's not Bourbon Bourbon A but you still see those giant bobbleheads and you know souvenir stands and concession stands I should say um, so you do have that more real Bourbon A vibe but it's still not Bourbon A yeah I uh I, and welcome in we uh we're happy you're you're listening and we're. I promise you're going to dive in is to our first practice observations of camp and the whole quarterback thing. I know you want to hear about Justin Fields and how he's looking at all that, but I, I do have Who? one thing. I, I, I have to get this off right now, okay? And I know fans are frustrated who can't get into these practices that want to go. But was it just me or was it completely dead in there today? It was. It was. Now, part of that is understand, and, 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 and I'm not blaming the Bears at all, by I'm the not, way. We're not blaming the fans the, either. To, to, well, I, I'm blaming the fans who were there today. There was Ooh. no energy. So if you were at practice today, except for the one guy uh, who did say hi and uh, said that uh, he loves the podcast. On the way out, yes, yes. Thank you, our friend. Yeah, you're exempt from what I'm about to say. Anybody <laughs> else who was at practice today, I know it's early. I know you need your coffee. I don't know. Drink a couple beers for all I care. Beer drinking football, guys. My understanding is they're actually selling it there. I mean, give us some juice. Get, uh, it was it was it was dead in there. I I, I didn't, and I don't. To your point, the setup is actually awesome. I think the Bears have done a tremendous job. If you want to criticize the move out of Bourbonnet. That's a different conversation, and I don't care about that. I, I don't. I completely understand why they've moved it back to House Hall. I'm actually impressed with what they did to get this set up at House Hall. It all looks like training camp to me. Now, part of this is nobody's fault because they're limiting it to a thousand fans. Um, partly because of, I uh, you know, I don't know a, a number of different reasons, but COVID is is one of them. And, and trying to keep people spaced out. So I totally understand that. But if there's still a thousand fans, you can make some noise. It sounded like there were five fans there today. 
I think you should rephrase it this way because you're ripping the fans right now. <laughs> you're, Adam Hogue's first official training camp observation is that the fans suck. No, okay. No. <laughs> no, like, we know it's early. I, I feel like maybe it is the setting a bit because it's pretty tranquil. Like, like there's forest behind you. You don't have the, the party atmosphere that you would get at Bourbon A a little bit because you would walk through like this like this amusement park thing with these uh, giant inflatables and there's there'd be people already, you know, like trying to sell you stuff. Like it's a different, you, you don't have that amusement park feel to it, right? Mm-hmm. Now it looks the same with some of the signage. Maybe that's what I'm getting at. But yes, it felt a little subdued today when long passes were completed. Uh, I think one of the, 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 the more vocal reactions from the fans is when Cairo Santos hit the, the goalpost. Yeah. Um, there were some groans to that, but yes, the, the cheering seemed a bit subdued. And by the way, Cairo had a good day, but he missed that one. But I think that I think that was a 43 yard field goal from the left hash, by the way. Oh, you I'm went there. Saying, you, you, you I, did. I, yeah. Yeah. You I, went there. You said it. I, I think that that was where it was, but uh, no, he had a good day. So no concern there. I actually agree with you. I thought that was the biggest reaction of the day was when he had the, the 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 kick off the goalpost. Yes. Now That's in the def- in defense of the fans, since this is where this podcast is going, I'll take the side of the fans. The offensive highlights, which is what everybody cheers for most of the time, they weren't overwhelming today. Justin Fields wasn't True. overly oppressive. Andy Dalton was better than Justin Fields, but that's to be expected to a certain extent. Um, there wasn't many interceptions. Like Allen Robinson had a nice diving catch, but the offensive highlights weren't overflowing today from Hallis Hall. You, do you know what I'm talking about, though? And and I would, some of this, I, I'm having some fun here. I'm not really upset about it. I just, it, it is an observation. And I actually expect it to improve as Cam. This was new for everybody. It was new for us. It was new for the fans. It was new for the Bears. And so I there, there's a lot of open practices this month, and I think that they will uh, improve. But you, even... Think about all the interactions between players and fans. Now, there's nothing they can do about autographs because with COVID, they're not going to have the players interacting directly with the fans. I under, That's not what I'm talking about. But I'm talking about like even when players make plays sometimes, they'll put on a show. You know, they'll, they'll showboat a little bit or play to the crowd or you'll have like Charles Tillman yelling, uh, you know, to some fans when he makes a play or w- whatever's going on. Like, I just didn't experience that today. I didn't see any of that. Maybe I just missed it. Maybe I missed it. I don't know. But I it, I, I, just think it can be. It's just a challenge. It's not a, even a criticism. It's a challenge. If you are lucky enough to go to practice the rest of the month, step it up. Bring the noise. Bring some cheers and a little bit of so some jeering if you want, if you yeah. see some incompleted passes out there. Part of this is just because I get it. I like training camp. I like being out there. It's still summer. The weather's warm and you get to watch football. So, um, you know, I missed that last year when we had these weird practices with no fans there. And, um, you know, it. I'm, I'm just glad it's not last year. I'm glad fans are there and uh, we'll see where it goes. But um, we were excited to watch practice today. We do have observations to get to uh, from what we saw. Uh, glad you're here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. You can read my practice observations right now on NBCSportsChicago.com. Uh, Johns and, and Kevin Fishbane have you covered on The Athletic. They're up plenty right of, now. Check them out. Plenty of uh, of. It, read it all. Get it there. But uh, also here on this podcast because 
I think the quarterbacks look exactly how they should right now. A little rusty. We're used to this being a theme at the start of training camp where it kind of plays the defense's way. That is completely normal. And in my opinion, Dalton looks like the veteran, more polished, more comfortable, more in command, in and out of the huddle, operating the offense. And Justin Fields looks like he's going through, uh, you know, his first training camp at the NFL level with a ton of talent. Like he, the talent's still there. The zip on his throws, everything's still there, but he wasn't exactly uh, smooth. Let's put it that way. There were some high throws, and uh, it just wasn't as it didn't look as polished as what Dalton did today. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I, th- I think my. General observation by the end of the day, and I mentioned this to you and Kevin Fishbane sitting up in the stands was, this is a day where the coaches would say the defense is further ahead than the offense. Now that usually changes in the next few days, um, but with field specifically, like it's really tough to determine what he's doing well and what he's not doing well with the guys he's playing with sometimes, you know, and he's playing with second and third stringers. He is getting number two reps. He's got as many reps today as I think Andy Dalton got, but the players that they're playing with are significantly different. They, they just are. I mean, Al Robinson's different than, I don't know, let me look at this roster. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's Chris Lacey. It's just different. It's just different quality of prospect. You know, it's them being open, but also them being in the right spots at the right times. There's just different layers to this conversation when you start talking about what the quarterbacks are doing well or aren't doing well. I'll tell you what's weird is watching Nick Foles run around with a bunch of third strikers. I mean, he's a Super Bowl MVP. And like regardless of how poorly he played last year, it's now, just that, didn't it look weird? Like you're look you're used to watching Tyler Bray run out there and it's Nick freaking Foles. For the one or two reps, yeah. Now you mocked me for this. You mocked me for this. I came up to you in the media room after practice. I'm like, hey, who did Nick Foles fire that pass to over the middle? Like yeah. one of the best passes of the day. Just curious. I don't know if I was going to use it, but then you mocked me in, in the media room for asking. About I think I, I was like, "Are you really asking about a Nick Foles pass?" Really about, and here you are talking about Nick Foles. So let's just let's be clear. But yes, with the well, uh, the visor that he can't use in games, and he's firing you know missiles over the middle between defenders that are like deemed the best passes of the day. That happened for Nick Foles. I mean, Nick Foles better be lighting it up against the third string. Let's just say that, and it's a well-paying gig. Right, I mean, nobody. Nick Foles should be happy to show up every day and and uh, make what he's, he's making. Already paid, yeah. And you know, God forbid the Bears get in a situation where he has to play. We we are actually it was half jokingly, but we were even having a serious conversation today in the stands. Do the Bears have the best third string quarterback in the NFL? I don't they probably that, do. I don't know if it was that serious, but that conversation did occur. occur it, was, it, well, it started as a joke, but then when you actually think about it, you're like. Yeah, they probably do. Yeah, I mean, the competition just isn't out there. Right? Um, can I talk about the defense for a second? What, one quick, okay. one more quick thing. Um, the, the one thing I will say that was, I, I thought, very positive, because I don't know that Dalton was blowing anybody away. I don't want to give that impression. I just think he was better in field. I, every pass he threw to Allen Robinson, though, got caught. Yeah. So in terms of building that chemistry, I think that's very important, and that and they looked they looked good together. So I just yeah. wanted to throw out that, including that out a nice diving catch mm-hmm. near the right sideline. Um, I thought it was noteworthy that when there was an incompletion to Cole Komet, 
in seven on sevens. Uh, looked like Danny Trevathan had a nice PBU, nice pass break breakup. Um, it was it was a misplay, at least according to Andy Dalton and Cole Clement. Like you saw them communicate afterward, like after their reps were over. Like Andy Dalton immediately walked up to Cole Komet and you could see him doing the the directing of traffic as, as quarterbacks and coaches are known to do. And then I asked Cole Komet after it and he's like, It's just all about timing. Yeah. Gotta be in the right spot for him at the right times. Um this is the time to work on timing. And if you notice later in that repetition, later when they went back out in the field, there was a quick I, I can't be completely detailed with the route, but it was a quick throw over the middle where Cole Komet beat the Bears starting linebacker for what could have been a good gain over the middle. That was a time throw. So that was at least noteworthy to me for a young player who has to connect with his new quarterback and who is expected to have a pretty big role in the offense this year. Yeah, Komet talked after practice about, uh, with that timing, that Dalton likes to get rid of the ball quickly. So you got to make yourself available quickly sometimes, especially on those shorter routes. Especially for the tight ends. Like, if the ball's coming out quickly, I mean, you're more often than not, you're going to be the first or second read. Right, and I and I think that um, those are probably both plays where that was the case, and so don't don't give the linebacker a chance to get there, you know, or sit sit in the spot where the linebacker can't get to you. Um, so that's probably what that communication was, and um, yeah, you like to see that early on. It, that just that goes back to I I don't know how this is going to play out, obviously, but I like Dalton's attitude. Right now, I, I have to say, I, I he's he seems totally comfortable and not. I don't want to say not bothered by the fact that Justin Fields is still here, because there is a little bit of an edge to him. I think when he gets in the context of him sort of being written off, like I think he doesn't like that part of it, and understandably so. But probably channeling that in a good way, where it's driving him. I, I just sense that edge a little bit. Like, I think it was Kevin who asked the other day, you know, like, what do you think about this whole situation where all the fans are kind of against you? He didn't really put it exactly that way, but that was the gist of the question. And Andy's response was like, well, I'm going to make some big plays too. Yeah. And I, hope, I, I think they're going to cheer for those big plays. I, I think not today's crowd, but maybe tomorrow's. <laughs> there you go. I would say that the entire quarterback situation lacks the awkwardness that existed in 2017. And that awkwardness was so tangible. Like it was in what Mike Glennon was saying. It was Mitch Trubisky starting off as your number three quarterback in these days of practice. Like in 2017, at this point in time, Mitch Trubisky was Nick Foles looking like the best third-string quarterback in the league. Like, that's that's where they were at in 2017. Then you had the extra added, you know, awkwardness of what John Fox kept saying about the whole situation, which just made it seem crappy because, you know, you weren't getting enough for him, never went through that situation before. So all of that awkwardness that existed with Mike Glennon as the number one quarterback, all of that, I don't know, in, let's, let's call it indifference from your head coach about the situation he was in. Like, you know, Matt Nagy relishes the situation. I think John Fox hated that situation in 2017. Matt Nagy relishes this right now. Yeah, I, I think he's enjoying it. Um, and it's also a better situation. Because I think the veteran is the better than the veteran in 2017, and the rookie's better than the rookie 
in 2017. So um, you should feel pretty good about it. So, you know, I'm not an office coordinator. I'm not a defense coordinator. I'm not a special teams coordinator, but I coordinate all three. Oh, he did. He did. You know, there's some unfamiliarity or infamiliarity, whatever that word is, non-familiar. Yeah, you're not getting any of that. No. I also appreciated um, Nagy giving us some context for yesterday's practice. Because yeah. if we're if we're being honest, and there were different restrictions yesterday, so we can't go into quite as many details. But quite simply, Dalton was considerably better than Justin Fields yesterday. Um, and I thought I we were sitting there watching it. And I'm like, man, he's holding on the ball forever. He's throwing it in places that are, are completely covered. What is going on here? And Nagy explained this morning that the whole thing was carded and scripted to the point where like he was supposed to throw the ball no matter what. Yes. And that explains it. Now Dalton had to do the same thing, and he he looked better. But um, again, it's the players you're throwing to. Uh, throwing to yes. Allen Robinson is a lot different than throwing to. Let's look at let's look at another name on this list. Let's see who else I can find. But you, you, you get my point, right? Like it's just you know Thomas Ives. You know it's just it's just different. Yeah, it is. Um, and I think there is somewhat of a considerable drop-off even after the top two wide receivers i think you could say but at least i want to give marquise goodwin some credit yeah like again they opened up practice today with a deep ball to him and that was a beautiful thrown pass andy dalton but the guy had i'm talking about marquise goodwin had a few steps and the bears number one cornerback no wait, wait, wait there's a jump ball never mind i'm thinking of a different play let me correct myself it was a jump ball that he caught. Yes, but he still went up and got it because yes. he's not necessarily a big guy. No. And he went up, and, and I thought it was a decent ball, uh, but tight coverage. Jalen Johnson was there, and uh, Goodwin went up and caught it. Yeah, you don't want to go crazy overboard about complimenting guys what they're doing in, in January, but Marquise Goodwin's been noticeable almost in, in every single practice with the speed and his ability to, to stretch the field and make catches like that. So the more he does it, the more you feel confident that he'll be able to lo- to deliver some of that come the regular season. Yeah. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not preach you and your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right. You want to talk about the defense. Yeah. Um, I, I think one of the best ways to go through these practices, at least if you're like a reporter or, you know, we, we don't have the film to review. We don't know all the assignments that they have. But for us, and even like the fans that are there, cheering or not, Adam, cheering or not, um, it's like who's noticeable? Like guys you just make note of, guys whose number, I like, I just write down numbers and, and certain observations. Like writing down 94 should be, that's, a, that's positive for the mm-hmm. Bears. It's Robert Quinn, and he had a couple sacks. Yes, he was going up against the Bears reserves because Jermaine Effetti and Tevin Jenkins aren't practicing. But he had a couple sacks, right? He had a couple sacks today. Um, Eddie Goldman, for all, for everything his story was coming into training camp, will he show, will he not show what type of shape he is? To see him stop running backs for little gains, to look strong, to look fast, chasing a ball carrier into the right flat, left flat, forget which one. Like that was noticeable to me. So writing down 94 and 91 is noticeable. I think that's those are big positives for the Bears defense. I agree. I and I briefly mentioned in my notebook today that um four guys, Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, Eddie Goldman, and Bilal Nichols to me. Yeah, Nichols all, had another good practice. All four of those guys just look we got we got a chance to see these guys up close in person for really the first time in forever um today. And they just look like they're in good football shape, right? Don't they? I mean, and, and we'll see with the conditioning with Eddie Goldman, but he looks light. He looks good on his feet. Um, and I, I'm going to maybe veer a little bit into too much like coach speak right now, but it, I was watching very closely because they were working on um, their hands and, and driving on a sled early on in practice and in individual drills. The defensive linemen were um, the interior defense, defensive linemen. And just the way Bilal Nichols was, he he actually broke the thing at one point. Like they had to repair it because he had he had hit it too hard and driven it too far up in the air. Um, and Nagy was standing right there and loved it. So that's a guy, man. You talk about what's at stake for him and the contract he can earn. And oh, the there's a second contract coming for sure. Yeah, and building on what he, well, I would call, like, I already thought he was a promising player, but he, to me, last year was like an actual breakout season. Like, hey, no, I'm a legitimate 
probably starting, definitely starting Lyman. Now, he's got so much competition and depth here in Chicago that he's going to be probably in a, in a rotation, but uh, he's going to play a ton, and that's a guy I would keep an eye on for a big year. Career highs and what, sacks? Interceptions. He had an interception this year. Yeah. <laughs> Tackles. Matt, uh, Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Hey, so maybe, yeah. Maybe yeah. you can pick off Stafford in week one. There you go. There you go. Um, tackles for loss. Snaps across the board. It, it was a season full of career highs for uh, Bilal Nichols. Um, from the cornerbacks, not much. Um, y- you keep looking at, at Kendall Vildor. Uh, Jalen Johnson briefly left. Um, I think it was a double move by Darnell Mooney. Um, tripped. Um, I didn't see the full play from where my vantage point was, but Jalen Johnson did return. Um, big season is expected from him again. Um, what did he say to us afterwards? Short short memory quarterbacks yeah, have short memory. He went right there to that. I think he talked about the Goodwin play, too. He said, oh, I don't remember that. <laughs> Good. We remember it. Yes, we saw it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if the Bears social media team put that out on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, he might see it on Twitter yeah, by the that, end of that, the night. That's one of those plays that just... Uh, yeah, they get shared. <laughs> Sorry. Look good. It was a heck of a play. Heck of a play. Um, yeah, the offensive highlights beyond that first play, there, there was a couple. Again, the Allen Robertson play. Um, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, go ahead. One criticism, though, I'm going to say, because this is something I am going to track because I think it matters, but um, no takeaways for the defense. We heard Nagy talk about that the other day and how important and how much that's going to be driven in. And so... Um, it's just practice. There was but, a couple of close calls, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. There were a couple uh, good plays on the ball, passes, defense. Uh, Khalil Mack knocked down a, a pass at the line of scrimmage at one point. So um, it, it's not like they didn't get their hands on the football. But, hey, takeaways are huge. You just look at the difference between 2018, 2019, and 2020. I mean, the Bears, that was an astronomical level of takeaways that they're probably not going to get back to, but somewhere in the middle they have to get to. It can't be as low as it's been the last two seasons. So um, I guess my point is if you're going to have a day where the quarterbacks, where you're not necessarily saying, oh, the quarterbacks are great, you're saying the defense won, it'd be nice if you could hang your hat on a couple takeaways during that too. It's true. It's true. There weren't any like glaringly... And there were some bad throws, but where like those throws where the defender easily steps in front of the pass, where he reads the play the whole no. way, there wasn't any of those. No, and, and it's notable that when Fields missed, at least he missed in a place where he wasn't going to get picked off. So, I mean, got to take care of the football too. Can, can we just like, like he's allowed to have bad days? I feel like I'm going back to things I've said about Trubisky, but it, some of it's still true. He's allowed to have some bad days here. I'm sure the Bears are testing him a bit, maybe overwhelming him here a bit, or purposely trying to overwhelm him a bit here to challenge him, to test him, because he came here feeling prepared. So, okay, here's here's some more. Let's see how much more he can press us. You know? Let's make you force a few throws. Let's see what you can do. That's the worst thing in the world. I, and I want to be very clear. I mean, I'm not even... Uh, you know, trying to be too critical. I think we're just calling it how we saw it and in no ways panicking or, you know, making a big deal out of it. It's just, in fact, you, you'd you want it to go this way rather than the other way. I mean, to your point about testing him, it, the ideal situation for Justin Fields is that he's a little bit better tomorrow and a little bit better after that and a little bit better than that the next day. And at the end of this next month, he's a pretty damn good NFL quarterback. Now, 
it's not going to be completely linear. He's going to have ups and downs. Um, he'll probably have worse days than he had today. And I'm assuming he's going to have some lights out days too. So it just, it's it, what it looks like at the end. And in the meantime, we're going to tell you how we see it each and every day we can. And based on whether practice is open or closed, how many details we can give you. Um, but at least we know Nick Foles can light up the third team <laughs> and that you're tracking it. No, you, I, you, I was, you are, you are tracking I it. I was not just making mental note of it. Now, now fields How's does everyone doing. This is Nick Foles just entered the meeting. Hi, Nick. I will say that fields for every practice that I've seen will deliver at least one. I use the word tantalizing throw i would use the word tantalizing in my observations in our, in our notebook up on the ethic right now like there's always at least one throw you're like whoa that was pretty nice was it the jesse james over the middle today um is that his throw is he wearing 87 yes we got new numbers here That's help me out Ross. we're still adjusting to the that Rogers. is not adam shaheen yes because Anthony Miller, his 17 was was like he's out, but there's someone yeah. already wearing 17. I think that's Lacey, maybe. Yeah. Wait, but who's wearing 87? Do you have that in front of you or not? No, I got the old roster in front of oh, me. Oh, okay. Now, Jesse Eight. James, the new tight end, is wearing 18, right? Or 19. Uh, 18. No, 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 no. That's Thomas Ives, isn't it? No, no. He's 19. Oh, see, I'm lost. First day for me. Yeah, give us a few days here. To, to, I well, was off for eight weeks. I have a reason to not know the numbers. Yeah. But usually I have them down by now. Um, we'll, we'll get that done by the weekend. I, I will say this. You want an example of a good throw. That was actually a drop pass, in my opinion. Um, I think it was the second throw of seven on sevens for Justin Fields. Uh, went Riley Ridley's way. And I wrote down in my notes, good anticipatory throw. And it, I think it was, well, I can't tell you what the route was. Um, it wasn't an easy throw. Let me put it that way. And he threw it right on the money. Unfortunately, it was dropped. But I had that one down as one of those, oh, wow, that's a that's a real, that's a real ass NFL throw. <laughs> I like that. Real ass. <laughs> one more observation. So when no, Matt Nagy, hey, Mitch, when um, I get it's it's not, ideal that Eddie Jackson isn't practicing. It's not ideal that your second round pick Tevin Jenkins isn't practicing or your expected right tackle, your starting right tackle Jermaine Fetty isn't practicing in that three cones on the pup list. But let me just say this without giving away state secrets. I believe Nagy with what he's saying about not being overly concerned. Okay. Is that safe to say? Yes. You know what's also safe to say? And this is not at all Nagy's fault because he wasn't here. I think for those of us in the media, we are always going to be scarred by the Kevin White thing. John Aren't Fox. we? You know, it, it, and it's, it's really, it's definitely not Nagy's fault, but oh, it's just shin splints and, and like, like he know, was just making up crap by the end of it. Right. More, not even just lying, just like, like making up stuff. <laughs> I mean, I can't answer that. I mean, it's just like, I don't know, horse racing. Like that? I Look, the, I, I agree with you. I, I, I'm the, But the problem is, is we've, we've been th- through this with a player 
who they said it wasn't a big deal, and then he missed the whole year. And really never had a career. Now that was a it was an extreme situation, and with a little bit of a defense at the beginning, they didn't think it was a big deal. But when they got to camp, they did kind of lie about the severity. And then he suffered a setback. He was trying to get back, and he anyway, you know the whole story. We don't have to relive it. But the problem is, is anytime a guy ends up on pup, or in this case with Eddie Jackson, NFI, not football injury list, and you don't see the guy and he's just not out there, and he's that important of a player, there's always this like little thing in the back of your head going, well, what if this is a big deal? So, But I'm with you. I agree. In fact, I would actually, I have personally have more concern over the Tevin Jenkins thing for two reasons. One is, Nagy mentioned that it was something that was bothering him back in camp. That So that was over a month ago, six, seven, eight weeks ago, whenever it was, uh, and it's still an issue. And two, like regardless, even if the back ends up being fine, these are important. This tackle situation is a little concerning, isn't it? At least a little concerning. And this is the guy you drafted that you said you had a first round grade on that you think could plug in and play right right away at left tackle. Well, he needs to get out there and practice. So that one's a little bit more concerning to me than Eddie Jackson at this point. Andrew Manafetti and three Cohen. Yeah. Yes, I will give you that. And but seeing what we saw, if you're a lot, one of the lucky ones to come out in the practice, you'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <Nah. laughs> what, what do you want me to say? <laughs> Can't say much. Sexy. <laughs> I love him. Like during this podcast, if you're watching on YouTube, and I, yeah, also by the way, like, I know what you're going to say, and it's true. You, know, you went for the iPad and you plugged it in. That was some quick work there. Yeah, well, I didn't have, you know, for the second straight podcast, really haven't been prepared equipment-wise. Uh, this was actually due to the fact that I ran into an accident on the way home. It was like literally running in the door and plugged in the, to do this. Um, but yeah, I didn't have the uh, I didn't have the soundboard ready to go. So, it's okay. It's, it's, it's ready now. You'll be forgiven. I think our new YouTube viewers who are a bit more... Uh particular about how they want this podcast but bear with us and start listening to us a bit more but that that um wait soundboard wait you gotta read some of those comments oh i don't read the comments yeah yeah sorry guys i I made that vow like five years ago (laughs) i'll holler at you on twitter that's reading the comments that's reading the mentions (laughs) tomato tomato i know in the athletics though the comment section can be a little bit more diplomatic and you guys actually go back and forth a little bit. Yeah. Kevin That's does. Cool. I drove into Hallisall today and Kevin Fishbane was um, ready to give it to a commenter. He was ready to go. 6.45 this morning. Was it, so, <laughs> wait, the commenter wasn't there, right? This was just... Uh, <laughs> no, no, okay. I know he was on his phone. Uh, yeah. Well, I drove into Hallisall Hall and immediately got heckled. Yeah, for driving a, a truck. Oh yeah, what, what jerk did that? I don't know. <laughs> I will say this: everybody, yeah, I, everybody in the broadcast media got a big kick out of my commentary about your uh, truck coming in. <laughs> so I missed most of it. Apparently, <laughs> I just heard what you said to me. Yeah, at your side construction job. <laughs> 
Animal Hogs drives a Ford F-150. Can I say that? You're okay with me saying that? No, because I drive a Chevy Silverado. Okay, wrong, wrong truck. <laughs> so you can't say that. Yes. Adam Johns, go ahead. Uh, all right. Anything else? No. I think I pretty much covered it. Yeah, we'll be back later this week. Um, more, uh, more podcasts, maybe a bit shorter. A lot to get through. Yeah, well, we'll uh, I, I do we'll, love this time of year. Yeah, no, it's good. And we're going to continue to sort through it and hopefully not make a big deal out of, you know, one practice here and there. But as usual, there's uh, very quickly stuff to talk about, stuff to cover, and um, we'll see how the Bears handle it all at Hallis Hall. So, hey, bring the juice tomorrow. And say hi. Don't. Also, how many Hogan John shirts did you see out there today? I don't think I saw one. No. Step that up, too. Obviousshirts.com. The hats are there. Sold out already. Uh, I I don't think they're there yet. They're going to be. No. And okay. that's not even what's... I, yeah. More they're coming. not sold out. They're, okay. they're still coming. Okay. But hats are coming. We might as well tease that since you said it. Yep. Hogan John's they're, hats. They're going to be good. They, I, I, I'll wear one to training camp. How about that? I will too. I'm not a hat guy either. Yeah, you were, we were talking about that yesterday. You don't wear hats. I don't wear hats. But then your head gets burned. So I look funny. But you don't mind having a burned head. No, I, we just got to lube up the forehead a bit more. Sexy. All right. Thanks, John. Um, we're out of here. Follow us on Twitter at Adam Hogue, at Adam Johns. Our practice observations, even more than what we talked about here, are up. Johns, he's on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns. Myself at NBC Sports Chicago.com. Uh, hit us up, you know, all over social media in the comments section. Maybe I'll read the comments today. So be nice. How about you that? You have to. Obviousshirts.com for those t shirts. They are up. Hats coming soon. And. What else? We'll talk to you, uh, I think, in a few days. Yeah. So be ready for that. See ya. See ya. Hey, Matt. How you doing? Um, Good, Adam.